0: CHAPTER THREE OF QUEER LITTLE FOLKS This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Green in Tampa, Florida. QUEER LITTLE FOLKS by Harriet Beecher Stowe CHAPTER THREE THE HISTORY OF TIP-TOP Under the window of a certain pretty little cottage there grew a great old apple tree Which in the spring had thousands and thousands of lovely pink blossoms on it And in the autumn had about half as many bright red apples as it had blossoms in the spring The nursery of this cottage was a little bower of a room papered with mossy green paper and curtained with white muslin and here, five little children used to come in their white nightgowns to be dressed, and have their hair brushed and curled every morning. First, there were Alice and Mary, bright-eyed, laughing little girls of seven and eight years, and then came stout little Jamie and Charlie, and finally little Puss, whose real name was Ellen, but who was called Puss and Pussy and Birdie and Toddly and any other pet name that came to mind. Now. It used to happen every morning that the five little heads would be peeping out of the window together into the flowery boughs of the apple tree and the reason was this a pair of robins had built a very pretty smooth lined nest in a fork of the limb that came directly under the window and The building of this nest had been superintended day by day by the five pairs of bright eyes of these five children the robins at first had been rather shy of this inspection But as they got better acquainted they seemed to think no more of the little curly heads in the window Than of the pink blossoms about them or the daisies and buttercups at the foot of the tree All the little hands were forward to help Some threw out flossy bits of cotton for which we grieve to say Charlie had cut a hole in the crib quilt and some threw out bits of thread and yarn and ally raveled out a considerable piece from one of her garters which she threw out as a contribution and they exulted in seeing the skill with which the little builders wove everything in little birds little birds they would say you shall be kept warm for we have given you cotton out of our crib quilt and yarn out of our stockings nay so far did this generosity proceed that charlie cut a flossy golden curl from todley's head and threw it out and when the birds caught it up the whole flock laughed to see todley's golden hair figuring in a bird's nest when the little thing was finished it was so neat and trim and workmanlike that the children all exulted over it and called it our nest and the two robins they called our birds but wonderful was the joy when the little eyes opening one morning saw in the nest a beautiful pale green egg and the joy grew from day to day for every day there came another egg and so on till there were five little eggs and then the oldest girl alice said there are five eggs that makes one for each of us and each of us will have a little bird by and by at which all the children laughed and jumped for glee When the five little eggs were all laid the mother bird began to sit on them and At any time of day or night when a little head peeped out of the nursery window Might be seen a round bright patient pair of bird's eyes Contentedly waiting for the young birds to come it seemed a long time for the children to wait but Every day they put some bread and cake from their luncheon on the windowsill so that the birds might have something to eat but still there she was patiently sitting how long 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 she waits said jamie impatiently i don't believe she's ever going to hatch oh yes she is said grave little alice jamie you don't understand about these things it takes a long long time to hatch eggs Old Sam says his hens sit three weeks only think almost a month Three weeks looked a long time to the five bright pairs of little watching eyes But Jamie said the eggs were so much smaller than hens eggs that it wouldn't take so long to hatch them he knew Jamie always thought he knew all about everything and was so sure of it that he rather took the lead among the children But one morning when they pushed their five heads out of the window the round patient little bird eyes were gone And there seemed to be nothing in the nest but a bunch of something hairy. Upon this they all cried out Oh mama do come here the bird is gone and left her nest and when they cried out They saw five little red mouths open in the nest and saw that the hairy bunch of stuff was indeed the first of five little birds they are dreadful looking things said mary. I didn't know that little birds began by looking so badly They seem to be all mouth said Jamie We must feed them said Charlie here little birds here's some gingerbread for you He said and he threw a bit of the gingerbread which fortunately only hit the nest on the outside and fell down among the buttercups where two crickets made a meal of it and agreed that it was as excellent gingerbread as if old mother cricket herself had made it. Take care, Charlie, said his mamma. We do not know enough to feed young birds. We must leave that to their papa and mamma, who probably started out bright and early in the morning to get breakfast for them. Sure enough, while they were speaking, back came mr and mrs Robin whirring through the green shadows of the apple tree, and thereupon all the five little red mouths flew open and the birds put something into each it was great amusement after this to watch the daily feeding of the little birds and to observe how when not feeding them the mother sat brooding on the nest warming them under her soft wings while the father bird sat on the topmost bough of the apple tree and sang to them in time they grew and grew and instead of a nest full of little red mouths there was a nest full of little fat speckled robins with round bright cunning eyes just like their parents and the children began to talk together about their birds i'm going to give my robin a name said mary i call him brown eyes and i call mine tip-top said jamie because i know he'll be a tip-top bird and i call mine singer said alice i all mine toddy said little Toddly, who would not be left behind in anything that was going on Hurrah for toddly, said Charlie. Hers is the best of all. For my part, I call mine Speckle. So then the birds were all made separate characters by having each a separate name given it. Brown eyes, tip top, singer, toddy, and speckle made as they grew bigger a very crowded nestful of birds. Now the children had early been taught to say in a little hymn. Birds in their little nests agree and tis a shameful sight when children of one family fall out and chide and fight and They thought anything really written and printed in a hymn must be true Therefore they were very much astonished to see from day to day that their little birds in their nest did not agree Tip-top was the biggest and strongest bird and he was always shuffling and crowding the others And clamoring for the most food and when mrs. Robin came in with a nice bit of anything Tip-tops red mouth opened so wide and he was so noisy That one would think that the nest was all his his mother used to correct him for all these gluttonous ways And sometimes made him wait till all the rest were helped before she gave him a mouthful But he generally revenged himself in her absence by crowding the others and making the nest generally uncomfortable Speckle, however, was a bird of spirit, and he used to peck at Tip Top, so they would sometimes have a regular sparring match across poor Brown Eyes, who was a meek, tender little fellow, and would sit winking and blinking in fear while his big brothers quarreled. As to Toddy and Singer, they turned out to be sister birds, and showed quite a feminine talent for chattering. They used to scold their badly behaving brothers in a way that made the nest quite lively on the whole mr And mrs. Robin did not find their family circle the peaceable place the poet represents I say said tip-top one day to them this old nest is a dull mean crowded hole And it's quite time some of us were out of it Just give us lessons in flying won't you and let us go my dear boy said mother Robin we shall teach you to fly as soon as your wings are strong enough you are a very little bird said his father and Ought to be good and obedient and wait patiently till your wing feathers grow and then you can soar away to some purpose wait for my wing feathers Humbug tip-top would say as he sat balancing with his short little tail on the edge of the nest and looking down through the grass and clover heads below And Up into the blue clouds above father and mother are slow old birds They keep a fellow back with their confounded notions if they don't hurry up I'll take matters into my own claws and be off some day before they know it Look at those swallows skimming and diving through the blue air That's the way I want to do But dear brother the way to learn to do that is to be good and obedient while we are little and wait till our parents think it's best for us to begin Shut up your preaching said tip-top. What do you girls know of flying? About as much as you said speckle However, I'm sure I don't care how soon you take yourself off for you take up more room than all the rest put together You mind yourself master speckle or you'll get something you don't like said tip-top still strutting in a very cavalier way on the edge of the nest and Sticking up his little short tail quite valiantly. Oh my darling said their mother now fluttering home Cannot I ever teach you to live in love? It's all tip top's fault screamed the other birds in a flutter my fault of course Everything in this nest that goes wrong is laid to me said tip-top And I'll leave it to anybody now if I crowd anybody. I've been sitting outside on the very edge of the nest, and there Speckle has got my place. Who wants your place? said Speckle. I'm sure you can come in if you please. My dear boy, said the mother, do go into the nest and be a good little bird, and then you will be happy. That's always the talk, said Tip-Top. I'm too big for the nest and i want to see the world it's full of beautiful things i know now there's the most lovely creature with bright eyes that comes under the tree every day and wants me to come down in the grass and play with her my son my son beware said the frightened mother that lovely seeming creature is our dreadful enemy the cat a horrid monster with teeth and claws at this all the little birds shuddered and cuddled deeper into the nest only tip-top in his heart disbelieved it i'm too old a bird he said to himself to believe that story mother is chafing me But i'll sure that i can take care of myself and so the next morning after the father and mother were gone tip-top got on the edge of the nest again and looked over and saw lovely miss pussy washing her face among the daisies under the tree and her hair was sleek and white as the daisies and her eyes were yellow and beautiful to behold. And she looked up to the tree bewitchingly and said, Little birds, little birds, come down. Pussy wants to play with you. Only look at her, said Tip Top. Her eyes are like gold. No, don't look, said Singer and Speckle. She will bewitch you and then eat you up. I'd like to see her try to eat me up, said Tip Top, again balancing his short tail over the nest. Just as if she would she's just the nicest most innocent creature going and only wants us to have fun We never do have any fun in this old nest Then the yellow eyes below shot a bewildering light into tip-tops eyes and a voice sounded sweet as silver Little Birds little Birds come down Pussy wants to play with you Her paws are as white as velvet said tip top and so soft I don't believe she has any claws. Don't go, brother, don't, screamed both sisters. All we know about it is that a moment after a direful scream was heard from the nursery window. Oh, mamma, mamma, do come here. Tip Top's fallen out of the nest, and the cat has got him. Away ran pussy with foolish little Tip Top in her mouth, and he squeaked dolefully when he felt her sharp teeth. Wicked Miss Pussy had no mind to eat him at once. She meant just as she said. To play with him, so she ran off to a private place among the currant bushes While all the little curly heads were scattered up and down looking for her Did you ever see a cat play with a bird or mouse? She sets it down and seems to go off and leave it But the moment it makes the first movement to get away Pounce she springs on it and shakes it in her mouth And so she teases and tantalizes it till she gets ready to kill and eat it I can't say why she does it except that it is a cat's nature And it is a very bad nature for foolish young robins to get acquainted with Oh, where is he where is he Do find my poor tip-top said Jamie? Crying as loud as he could scream. I'll kill that horrid cat. I'll kill her Mr.. and mrs. Robin who had come home meantime Joined their plaintive chirping to the general confusion and mrs. Robin's bright eyes soon discovered her poor little son Where pussy was patting and rolling him from one paw to the other under the currant bushes and? Settling on the bush above she called the little folks to the spot by her cries Jamie plunged under the bush and caught the cat with the luckless tip-top in her mouth And With one or two good thumps he obliged her to let him go Tip-top was not dead, but in a sadly draggled and torn state Some of his feathers were torn out and one of his wings was broken and hung down in a melancholy way Oh, what shall we do for him? He will die poor tip-top said the children Let's put him back into the nest children said Mamma, his mother will know best what to do with him So a ladder was got and Papa climbed up and put poor tip-top safely into the nest The cat had shaken all the nonsense well out of him. He was a dreadfully humbled young Robin The time came at last when all the other birds in the nest learned to fly and fluttered and flew about everywhere But poor melancholy tip-top was still confined to the nest with a broken wing finally as it became evident that it would be long before he could fly jamie took him out of the nest and made a nice little cage for him and used to feed him every day and he would hop about and seem tolerably contented but it was evident that he would be a lame-winged robin all his days jamie's mother told him that tip-top's history was an allegory i don't know what you mean mamma said jamie when something in a bird's life is like something in a boy's life Or when a story is similar in its meaning to reality We call it an allegory little boys when they're about half grown up sometimes do just as tip-top did they're in a great hurry to get away from home into the great world and then temptation comes with bright eyes and smooth velvet paws And promises them fun and they go to bad places they get to smoking and then to drinking and Finally the bad habit gets them in its teeth and claws and plays with them as a cat does with a mouse They try to reform just as your Robin tried to get away from the cat But their bad habits pounce on them and drag them back They are miserable broken-down creatures like your broken-winged Robin so Jamie remember and don't try to be a man before your time and let your parents judge for you while you're young and Never believe in any soft white pussy with golden eyes That comes and wants to tempt you to come down and play with her If a big boy offers to teach you to smoke a cigar That is pussy if a boy wants you to go into a billiard saloon. That is pussy If a boy wants you to learn to drink anything with spirit in it, however sweetened and disguised remember pussy is there and Pussy's claws are long and pussy's teeth are strong And if she gives you one shake in your youth you will be like a broken-winged robin all your days end of chapter 3 recording by Larry Green in Tampa, Florida